0: Not anymore. I can start over. (laughs) Good morning. morning. I'm so glad to see everybody here. A lot of people here that I love so dearly and, well, everybody, I'll just leave it at that. (laughs) Get myself in trouble. Well, good morning. My name is Bruce Brown and I have the awesome pleasure and privilege To bring today's message. Um, I do so with trembling and fear and yet also with expectation and joy. So let's begin with prayer. Our Heavenly Father, Lord God Almighty, we just turn to you and and praise you and you're so worthy and, well, we're not. And yet you call us to you. And today as we uh, dip into the scripture and learn more about how your, the, the good news was spread uh, in, uh, into Asia Minor today and how it was done, Lord, I pray that we uh, have open hearts so that we can hear what you have to say to us and take away what you need us to take away so that we can become more fully developed Christians, that we seek out your will much more than we ever seek out ours. Lord, I pray that we are a uh, pleasing fragrance to, your, to you today and, and not a uh, resounding gong. Lord, that uh, that you bless this service, that you bless each and everybody here. In your name I pray, amen. I'm going to tell you something a little personal today. I'm going to tell you about the parenting I... S- style I used on my youngest daughter, and it's called perpetual annoyance. (laughs) Well, I had a phrase that I always threw out. Anytime we were involved in anything, anytime we saw something good, bad, things worked, things didn't, I would turn to her and say these few words. There's a life lesson there. I would get eye rolls, moans, groans. Sometimes it was just that I don't want to hear it, and yet I continued to always tell her, "There's a life lesson here. We need to know what it is." And through you know everything that we did, w- I did this to her, and it was just not words I was telling her. It was things I had to practice for her to see in these life lessons was trying to give her direction in a way to make choices, to see things the way they really are and not what they seem to be. And it may have worked a little bit because when she is now a teacher and as she has dealt with students, she came back to me furious, saying, Dad, before I could do it, I heard these words come out of my mouth. There's a life lesson in this. So, yes. Well, let's open up the scripture and get started and see what God has in store for us. We'll be reading out of Acts, chapter 18, verses 24 through 1910. So if you can open up your Bible. If you don't have your Bible, that's okay. We'll have it up here on the screen. But when Priscilla and Aquila heard him, they took him aside and explained to him the way of God more accurately. And when he wished to cross to Achaia, the brothers encouraged him and wrote to the disciples to welcome him. When he arrived, he greatly helped those who through grace had believed. For he powerfully refuted the Jews in public, showing by the scriptures that the Christ is Jesus. And it happened that while Apollos was at Corinth, Paul passed through the island country and came to Ephesus. There he found some disciples. And he said to them, Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? And they said, No, we have not even heard that there is a Holy Spirit. And he said, Into what were you baptized? And they said, Into John's baptism. And Paul said, John baptized with the baptism of repentance, telling the people to believe in the one who was to come after him, and that is Jesus. And hearing this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And when Paul laid his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came on them, and they began speaking in tongues and prophesying. There were about 12 men in all. And he entered the synagogue for three months, and for three months spoke boldly, reasoning and persuading them about the kingdom of God. But when some became stubborn and continued in unbelief, speaking evil of the way before the congregation, he withdrew from them and took the disciples with him, reasoning daily in the hall of Tyrannus. This continued for two years, so that all the residents of Asia heard the word of the Lord, both Jews and Greek. Wow, that's um, that's just Amazing. That is just I love I love some of the the terminology here. The way. They called the good news the way because it was the way to eternal life with God. So anyway, I want to introduce you to a man named Apollos. And I'll be honest with you, we need to go back to the beginning of chapter 18 to find out and complete this kind of the thread that I'm going to take you down and in uh, the beginning of chapter 18 verses 1 through 4 it tells about Paul leaving Athens and going to Corinth and he had found a Jew named Aquilus and his wife Priscilla and they were also tent makers so with Paul being a tent maker he started working with them So for however long he was sitting down, sewing tents with these two people, I don't believe Paul was a quiet man. I believe he spoke his mind and spoke his heart at all times. And as he's making tent, he's talking with these two and sharing with them his heart, and they would be questioning him back and forth, and there would be... uh, life lessons passed back and forth between Paul and Priscilla and Aquilus. So he discipled them. You know, discipling is just simply imparting knowledge and teaching someone the way to go. So as they worked together, he discipled uh, Priscilla and Aquilus and the ways uh, of Jesus and they became stronger in their faith. So here comes Apollos and Apollos was a fantastic man. I, I start reading some of the things that the Bible says about him. I'm quite jealous. He was very eloquent. I'm not so much. He was very competent in the scriptures. I'm getting there. He was a Jew. He was from Alexandria. Now Alexandria was a, a city in Egypt and it was considered to be the, uh, the light of the world because it had so much knowledge. And even in, uh, even uh, Dr. Indiana Jones talked very uh, highly of the uh, Library of uh, Alexandria. So it's got to be a great city. He had a chance to, to learn a lot of things, and he did because it said that he was competent, he was uh, eloquent, He was instructed, and also he was very passionate. He was passionate about God, and he spoke it, and he did it. And he went to the synagogue when he came to uh, Ephesus and talked and, and shared with what he knew. However, his knowledge was incomplete. He knew the beginning and the middle, but didn't quite know the end of the story. Well, Priscilla and Aquila heard him. And it says in uh, verse 28 they took him aside and explained to him the way of God more accurately. They discipled him. As they were taught by Paul what to do, they did it to others. We don't know how long they got to spend with him, it doesn't really say. It could have been an afternoon. It could have been several days. It could have been months. But they discipled him and taught him, explained to him further along what was going on, more of the good news of what Christ has done and what Christ has instructed to the point where Apollos had soaked in. He understood that passion that he had, enveloped it, and he continued to spread the word about it. In fact, so much that he uh, left Ephesus, and headed toward Corinth, and uh, they they sent him with his blessings, and he continued to spread the word. And he it says right here, he uh, showing by the scriptures that the Christ was Jesus. You know, in summary, and I, I'm going to read this because. These really aren't my words, but they're they're exactly what I wanted to say. In summary, Apollos was a man of letters with a zeal for the Lord and a talent for preaching. He labored in the Lord's work, aiding the ministry of the apostles and faithfully building up the church. His life would encourage each of us to grow in the grace and knowledge of the Lord and to use our God-given gifts to promote truth. All of this happened is because somebody took the time to disciple him and complete or to further his knowledge in Christ. I think that's something that we're all called to do. And now we're going to move on to Paul and his return to Ephesus in chapter 19. And here he, he came in and he found some more disciples. They were called the disciples of John, which would be John the Baptist, and of course we can tell that because it says here you know they, they had been baptized in the name you know, in the name of John for repentance, and they were still looking for the Christ to come. So Paul met them and talked to them and asked them questions, and they showed how much they didn't know. They did had not even heard of the Holy Spirit so what happened during Pentecost they had no knowledge of and so Paul shared with them and he spent time with them and he discipled them he taught them a more complete version of the good news and they believed and they were baptized in his name it says here that uh, you know, John baptized, uh, on hearing this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. When Paul had laid his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came on them, and they began speaking in tongues and prophesying. And there were about 12 men in all. You know, as as uh, disciples of John the Baptist, they were still looking for that Messiah, for the Christ, for Jesus. And now that they had heard that, that Jesus had come, that the Christ was, had been there and what he had done for them, they rejoiced, and they joined in, and they believed. And not only did they believe, they allowed themselves to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And they went out to tell others. And This is how Asia Minor, how the word was spread from Ephesus and in through the following area, was by people taking the time to walk alongside other people and get them more fully enveloped in in Christ's word. It takes discipline to do that. And it takes an investment of ourselves into others. And we we need to further our own knowledge so that we can witness to others by word and by deed. In Romans 12, verses 1 and 2, and I have that marked, it says this: I appeal to you therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind and by testing. You may discern what is the will of God and what is good and acceptable and perfect. Excuse me. So, how do we do that? How do we further our knowledge and stuff? Well, there's a few ways how that we can become prepared to do these things. We study the word, we pray, we be involved we've been being involved at church at home, at work at all times we need to make sure and present ourselves in a way that uh, God would want us to that we, he can shine through us we, I, pr- I often pray, to m- pray that I would be emptied of myself and filled with him that way people don't see me people see him There's a girl I know at work I stop and talk to in the morning when I make my rounds, and I'll ask her how she's doing. And the first thing she says is, I'm blessed. I'm blessed because God has me here, God has a purpose for me, and I'm here to glorify him. And it hasn't changed in the past two years that she's been there. She tells me that every morning which is a witness to me, who I should be feeling the same way. So, that's what I mean by saying, doing what we, oh, I lost myself. That's what I mean mean by when I say, when we talk the talk and walk the walk, we we need to be able to say, this is what we do, and we're doing it for the glory for God but we need to be also able to, by our actions and by how we treat other people and interact with them, show the glory of God. So, but how do we do that? There's several ways. Uh, and here, I, I'm glad to say at this church, we provide several things. For the women, y'all have a, a uh, wonderful group of women that get together, that go over God's word, that do studies that uh, just lift each other up. Uh, I I see the text on my wife's phone. I hear the phone calls. I hear these women praying for each other, for their families. That's one way. They're living life together. Another way is uh, we have right here, And this is something that helped me tremendously, and it was because somebody decided to take a half a year and once a week go over this book, and it's called Discipleship Essentials. And it takes takes about a half a year to go through it, and um, it's great, it's wonderful. Several of our members have been through it, and I highly suggest that you go through it too. So If you have a chance, you have a desire, you want to get a little bit closer with God, you want to be able to walk the walk as well as talk the talk, you can come see me, you can come see Adam and we will get you connected to someone that can walk you through this and invest that time with you, meet you where you're at, and work through this book. I highly recommend. So, the word spread because of a few people willing to invest in others, and, um, you know, that's how the word's going to continue to spread. these, A lot of these preachers that show up on TV in these mega churches, I, they, they may not always speak the whole truth. And it's important for us, for a church that believes in the Bible, in the word, and we try to practice it and preach it on a daily basis, to go out and live this life to say these things, to go along other people with other people, so that they can know the complete story, the truth of who Jesus is and what He can mean to us, what He does mean to us, and what He can mean to them. So I I want to encourage and challenge everybody here that to uh, dive into your Word, do do some studies there easy to get to, there's some that are fantastic, find you a, an accountability partner, and go to go through it together, uh, pray, pray and pray and pray. We can read the Bible all we want and get God's word to us, but the only way he can know really what's on our hearts or for us to know what's really on our hearts is for us to talk to him believe me, sometimes prayer goes in different ways, about different things, but eventually it will always lay bare your heart to God and to yourself. And of course, be involved. Be involved here in this church, in this body. You know, be a greeter, help out with the kids, sing out loud, whether you, it says give a joyful noise, it doesn't say sing beautifully, thank God, because be involved. Be involved in your home life with your family, your wife, your, your spouse, your children, your parents and everything that you do for each other. Do it thinking that you're doing it for the glory for God. At times It's going to be challenging especially with teenage girls it was very challenging but it was something that I had committed to my wife and I both committed to And it helped. It, you can see you, you see the fruits of it. Even though at that time I was not thinking I would ever see it. And also in your daily walk outside your house, where you work, where you shop, where you visit other people, you know, talk the talk, walk the walk. And that's how God's word is spread. That's how God's love is spread. That's how people who think they know really become to know come to know people who don't know start knowing and people who know more can come to you and say hey i want to tell you talk to you about something so i want to challenge y'all to keep that in mind on a daily basis who you are who you do who you are doing these things for close with me in prayer. Our Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for your love, for your mercy, for the grace you have poured upon us. Lord, we thank you for calling us to you. Lord, we thank you that you are willing to use us to spread your word to other people. We're just broken vessels. And sometimes we have no idea what we're doing. And yet you continue to use us to glorify your name. And for that, we praise you. We praise you for that. We praise you for who you are, what you are. But we thank you so much for sending your son to do what we could not, for dying on that cross and taking that way, that stain of sin from our lives. And Lord, for the resurrection and for that new life that we have through him in your name I pray